Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Ah, uh, we have a wonderful episode for you today with an amazing guest, an amazing returning guest, coach and choreographer for the Benedictine University Spirit Squad, Monique Dutton, joins the show. Monique is a former Division One athlete and a former professional former in several different sports leagues. She has coached dance and cheer at the collegiate and professional level and is currently at Benedictine University in Arizona. She's appeared on Any Given Runway several times and in fact was landmark episode number 200 last year. We brought her back today for her to give us an update on her season with Benedictine University and I was curious to find out how the year went from a coach's perspective and how she handled the slings and arrows that came with this unforgettable season. Now in today's episode, Monique chats about how she handled not having traditional events such as games for her squad to cheer at because ultimately that often serves as the chief motivator for any athlete or performer on the team. Monique also discusses some of the new innovations that she came up with through the year and how she's going to use them going forward. And lastly, Mo gives us an update on what's it like being pregnant during a pandemic as she is soon going to have child number two and my buddy Maddox will get to finally be an older brother. Elated to have Mo return to the show. So let's go ahead and bring back coach and choreographer for the Benedictine University Spirit Squad and proud NAU Lumberjack, Monique Dutton. And let's learn. Mo, bring me up to date on the season, a season like no other. What's been going on with the team? It's um, definitely a season like no other. Like you said, Um, we are in unprecedented times and we just had to work around it. We had to navigate around it, right? Um, So at the beginning of the year, so fall, so fall, we started practicing um, outside, which was great. You know, weather in Arizona is the best, right, in the fall. And we took all proper COVID-19 protocols. Um, temperature checks, um, screenings, they wore masks, we had hand sanitizers, we had, I mean, we had it laid out and everything's going great. I mean, we were pretty much preparing for a national run. So for, for Benedictine University, we are part of the NAIA. So we were getting ready for that, for that national competition for cheer and dance had amazing choreographers come in some like oscar hernandez for our dancers um amazing cheer coaches from california sarah and mike peterson come in and do our cheer routine and everything was going everything was going on the flip side when it comes to academics the unfortunate part was they weren't allowed to go to campus so they weren't in classrooms they they could use li- the library from time to time, but just for computer access and for resources, but not necessarily to socialize with someone else because you had to keep your distance. And that took a toll on every single student athlete, especially on, on the cheer and dance team. Um, it just became one of those things where it's like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. Oh, I forgot to log in today for class or I forgot to do this or my mind was so focused on cheer and dance that I let my academics kind of fall to the wayside. So unfortunately, our big 
dreams that we had for either competing and or performing at games just again just came crashing down um you know we were told by you know head of athletics that we weren't going to be allowed to perform at any games because of COVID-19 they weren't allowing any fans to come in um no spectators it was literally just the teams and coaches and and all those different things and we were hoping that as we again moved through the season we would be able to transition going in but that didn't happen and then obviously with the nationals um the nationals run again like i said the on the academic side and eligibility side for naia that just again didn't work out in our favor so it was just like what do we do and as a coach for me my biggest priority and expectation is for my student athletes to have you know good grades and to eventually graduate so as much as i'm so passionate about cheering dance that still takes a backseat to you know academics so coming back in for spring the first month and a half maybe two months you know we just strictly focused on academics so we did study halls um to again kind of bring everyone back up to speed and it was going extremely well so at that point we're like okay let's get back let's get back to to what we do let's get back to what we love and so we did practice but we did it one time a week this time so one practice for cheer one practice for dance and i told them and i also to my my assistant coaches so coach anna valdez who is amazing she oversees you know getting the spirit squad so cheer and dance and then jade lisi who oversees the dance side of things i sat with them and i was like okay if we're going to come back we're going to practice but we're not competing and we're not going to go to games we need to have a purpose to why we're bringing athletes back you know i don't want to waste their time and i don't i don't want to waste our time and the goal was at first to just work on work on your technique let's get ready to blow the roof off next year right and then as we were going again our team is so freaking talented they are so bomb when you watch them it's it's amazing that we were just like okay let's do a showcase so we end up doing a showcase live for all of our family all of our friends and it was 100% incredible and i haven't told them this so this is going to be really cool for them to hear this podcast is on the cheer side they would have made it to nationals they would at least place within the top 10 and in the nation on the dance side again they killed it and i feel like we would have made it to nationals and they probably would have been in the top 3 top 5 you know so i hope after this showcase they really gather themselves over the break summer break and and come back ready to go because we are as a country as a university we're transitioning back back to normalcy so so yeah i'm i'm ready for next year but that's kind of what our year looked like this year <laughs> well, i love the approach for the showcase you feel like it galvanized the the spirit of the team but prior yes. to that prior to that when there were no events it must be mm -hmm. tough. I know motivation must be tough because you're a former athlete, you're a former dancer. You grind through all those practices specifically to perform typically for yes. these large events. So how did you yeah. continue on with the motivation and the psyche emotionally and mentally for both you and your athletes during that time? 
to be honest, it was, it was really hard. I'm not even going to lie to you. It was very hard. It was very challenging because as a, not just as a coach, but just as a, as an artist, right? We have this sense of artistry and passion and creativity. And for a moment that did go away because I stopped coaching them to perform, like you said, and to, and to dance and to, to cheer and to compete because they, they had to focus on their academics. So I felt like there was a time where if I could be in their houses or be on their group chats or whatever, they're probably looking at me like, I'm just like, I don't want to say the meanest person, but I can't think of the right word. But they didn't look at me as Coach Mo anymore. They looked at me as like, oh, she's our academic advisor. She's our eligibility person. She's our librarian. It, it took away that. It really did. It really did. And, and that was really hard. And it was hard for me very emotionally, too, because... I always want the best and most for them, you know? So trying to motivate them, because again, first, it wasn't even, again, I had to take away the cheer and dance part. So to help try to motivate them academically is hard because I'm not a professor, right? I'm not, I'm not even an, an academic educator. So I'm trying my best to keep them motivated, you know, but ultimately that's something that they need to do on their own, you know, or get the help and push from their professors and advisors and things like that. So on the creative side, you know, I'm talking to my coaches, like we're kind of stuck. We were stuck in like a hard place because we had nothing to do, you know? So then when we, and I'm happy you asked this question because then when we did try to transition back to having practices, it was hard. We definitely had a lot of eye rolls, um, some attitude, because it was almost like, okay, well, we're back practicing, even though we love doing this, but why are we doing this? And we had to, again, remind them, we're looking into the future. We're looking into next year. We don't wanna be put in this situation where we got ready to do nothing. You know, We wanna be ready to do something, whether if, again, whether if it's just games or whether if we compete, whatever it is, we want to be ready. So it was hard to put that in their minds because now everything has just been taken away, you know? So I, I, I'm not even going to lie to you. One of my, well, actually both my assistant coaches and myself, we've, we had so many heart to hearts and blunt conversations to where we had to have that same conversation with the team. Like, look, <laughs> this is what's going on. This is what we see. It needs to change if it's going, if you guys are going to enjoy this for the remainder of the time, you know, especially at that point we were preparing for the showcase. And once we had that just honest, blunt conversation, oh my goodness, it literally, everyone changed. And I think it, it, what, what, what ended up changing was the accountability side of things. Like, you know what? 
I have to take accountability because we're in this situation because of me. And when I say me, I'm talking about the individuals of, of the student athletes. They realize what, what they did, right? Um, even as coaches, we realize what we did too. And once we've, again, talked about it, got it all out in the open, again, you have to have those heart-to-hearts, right? They're hard, but you have to have them. After that, and again, at that point, we're probably four weeks out of the showcase, but it was probably the best four weeks of probably the, the entire season because they finally became a family. And that always happens. Every single team, every single team I've either coached or been a part of, it always comes together at the end. And then when it's over, it's like, why did I waste so much time complaining or not giving my all or whatever the case may be. But it was hard. It was hard, but we, we definitely got through it. And we got through it through communi- communicating and just being, being honest with each other. You mentioned them being a family, and there's two parts of that family that I'm, I'm intrigued about the most. And with apologies to the sophomores and juniors, I'm more concerned about the freshmen and the seniors. Yes. So the incoming college students who this is their first time, they were so excited to go to college. Yes. And now this. Now they're not going to school. They don't have the events. So much. It's got to be a downer. And also on the flip side for seniors. So specifically with those two groups of people in mind, how did you attack that? So very good question. Um, number one, I'll start with the fresh, my, my freshmen because I feel like if I talk about my senior, I might get emotional and <laughs> no one wants that, right? Um, but with the freshmen, what's hard about that is, you know, you're, like you said, you're super excited to come to the school. You're super excited to come to a new campus, low key, be an adult. You're away from your parents. <laughs> um, you're away from your family and it's free, a chance for you to start something new, right? And, and that just didn't happen the way they planned. And I've had numerous one-on-ones with all my student athletes, but for sure my freshmen. And I let them know, I wanted them to let me know how they felt. And surprisingly, they still end up having a really good time because on the athletic side, they were able to practice and they were able to be around each other granted we weren't able to do like team bondings and games and events but they were still able to connect with some people but i i made sure i told them that the part of college life part of being a student athlete is going to campus going to campus going to games meeting your professors meeting people outside of your team connecting with other students that go there that are in your class. Again, I told them, you know, you might meet your future boyfriend, your future girlfriend, you know, your, your future significant other just by going to class. And if you weren't motivated before to go to class, guess what? You saw that cutie in the corner, you're going, you're going to go to class. And I said, you know, that's what we're going to look forward to next year, you know? And that's what I try to tell them because I mean, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what, what's going to end up happening. And because all the freshmen we've had so far, what they loved or that are sophomores now, what they loved about last year was again, going to campus, performing at games, going to events, putting on their uniforms. So when these freshmen get to do that next year, even if it's scaled down, but even if they get to do it, it's going to, it's going to be night and day compared to this year. And they are, 
coming to terms with that, you know? Because again, if they still had a, a pretty decent first year, oh, then it's going to be amazing after this, you know? Now for my senior, the thing that's interesting about my senior, um, Sam, I'll, I'll just refer to her as Sam, I only had one senior this year. She, she's been on the team for the past three years and the team has only been around for three years. So she's seen it from the very beginning, it's starting. It tripled in size going into the second year where we performed countless events, game days. Um, we went to high, high school, middle school, elementary schools, like mentoring. They did a showcase, um, you know, down in the Valley for dance. Like it was, it was, it was wild. It was a wild year last year, <laughs> almost to the point where it was like, coach, we need a break, you know? But then when you think about it, it's like, shoot, compared to now, it's like, that was nothing. But so when you see that progression and you go into year three, which is your senior year, your final year, it's like, oh, we're about to turn up. And then everything came crashing down, you know, March, March of last year. And it was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And it's like, okay, business as usual. We're still going to practice. We're going to get ready for nationals because that's not stopping. Even if it's virtual, we can still do that, you know? So, and that was the goal. So when that got pulled, again, like I said, from under us, that's when the emotional side really came out from, from Sam. And Sam is similar to me, tough as nails. It's hard to get her to cry. It's hard to get, not, not that you want her to cry, but she doesn't show her emotional side. You know, I've seen it because again, we, we've had, we've had that bond for the past three years. You know, I've seen her grow. I've seen her grow as a young lady into a woman into, you know, she's about to graduate. So, and I would do this for any of my seniors, but I wanted to make sure if, if we're not going to compete, if we're not going to be at games, we need to do something for her, right? Because she's a straight A student. Like she works full time, still straight A student, came to every single practice. She was our team captain. She did it all. And it's like, we can't let you down like this, you know? So in part of that showcase was really a chance for her to give kind of her final performance and farewell, you know? And that's one thing, again, that I loved about our team altogether is that once we had that talk, they, they, they circled around her and was like, yeah, we're going to do this. Not even just for her, but for us too. But it was a, like a big kind of rally moment, right? And um, like I said, the showcase like was amazing. So when the cheer team performed, you can see Sam, she was like their biggest cheerleader, you know, screaming for them, cheering them on, giving them a pep talk beforehand. It was just, again, it was I, like, I have goosebumps right now. It was just an amazing last four weeks, an amazing showcase that we were able to put on for every single person. And even on top of that, um, again, as coaches, you know me, I like a good party, right? I like a good event. And we had so many things rolled up our sleeves. So they thought they were just coming in to showcase. Maybe get us some food. Like, you know, typically you buy pizza, salad. It's cheap, right? Easy. Nope. We got it catered. We did awards. We had a DJ come in. 
and they had a dance party. It was, it was an event that we put on for them. So it was more than just a showcase. It was like, listen, we see you guys, we hear you guys, and you deserve this, you know, so let's, let's celebrate. So I will say I've gotten great feedback from everyone on the team. And they just said they had honestly just a really, really great time. And that's what it was about. And so, so for our senior Sam, she was able to perform one last time in uniform and just fellowship and, and hang out with her teammates in a way, again, I don't want people thinking we were out there not being safe. All the athletes got tested prior to. Um, they only didn't wear their mask when they were performing. Um, we still had masks. We still did our temperature checks and COVID-19 protocols. So it, it was, I mean, it went out. It, I mean, we went out, we went out with the bang for sure. Surprisingly during a pandemic. <laughs> That's fantastic to hear. Shout out to Sam for being your senior. There was a lot of adjustments that you had to make, a lot of adjustments you were forced to make over the last year. But I'm sure because of that, there were some innovative ideas you came up with. So what were some of the adjustments that are going to be permanent, permanent changes in the program? Ooh, that is a great question. Number one, study hall from the very beginning is going to be an adjustment. Um, and like I said, we did a lot of study halls. Definitely don't want it to be, I don't want it to feel like a punishment but I definitely want them to know that we take academics very seriously. So for sure, you know, going into next year, they'll at least have like one or two study halls a month as a team, because what I'd like to do and what the plan was again, before going into the pandemic was study hall was going to be a portion of it. And the other portion was going to be some team bonding. So last year, again, before the pandemic, we had a study hall portion for about an hour half hour and a half and then second hour and a half again I did get some food and they did arts and crafts as a team so I definitely want it to be something like that where they're getting together where they don't have to worry about what count is this on what step is this on where they can just again again fellowship with each other so that's one uh, making sure we have our study halls in there um, two uh, I would say communicating more for sure. Um, I think when I had our, my one-on-ones with the athletes, I was really able to just kind of tap in with them and, you know, they can get vulnerable with me and vice versa. And we can just have some just honest conversations. So for sure, doing more one-on-one -on -one check-ins with student athletes. Um, again, as far as safety, I've always been kind of a germaphobe. So just again, making sure, you know, high Hygiene is at the highest level. Um, even even when we get out of this, just I mean, we've always been clean, but again, still just making sure no one's sharing palms or anything like that. Like you guys all have your own stuff. Um, kind of a few other adjustments is again, you know, with having captains, I love having captains, but making sure the captains are communicating with the team and then communicating with us because breaks are always needed right sometimes coaches push 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 because we're just so passionate and we want the best but we have to remember they're still young they want to hang out they need breaks from time to time um and i i felt like i've always been good about giving breaks but just making sure again we're tuning in with them and giving them the right breaks that they need you know during the right times 
Um, trying to think of any other adjustments. I'm sure there's a ton, a uh, ton of things, but those would probably be some of the main ones. Or this would be another good one. Once we start noticing again those attitudes popping up, uh, the eye rolls and things like that, just nipping it in the butt. And when I say nipping it, is okay. Sit down. Let's hash this out. If you have a problem with A, tell it to B. B, if you have a problem with D, tell it to D, you know? Um, because again, that just clears the air for everyone. Um, so those will be a couple, couple adjustments we'll do for sure going into upcoming seasons. And in preparation of the upcoming season, I know auditions and tryouts are coming out. When you're looking to create a team, what are the intangibles that you're looking for outside of just dance ability and performing ability? I'm definitely looking for someone, again, that is just honestly self-motivated because, you know, it's different when you're in middle school, high school, you have someone that's, you know, kind of breathing down your throat every single day. But when you become a college student, again, you're 18, you're an adult, you're going to have to start taking some accountability for yourself and you're going to have to do some self-motivating too. Um, so definitely looking for some independent student athletes that can help motivate themselves, help motivate others, um, people that are accountable for sure, reliable and committed. Committed would probably be the number one thing. I think that's just what this generation is probably lacking the most is committing to something. Um, so I know as a young as a young kid, my parents, if we started something, we have to finish it. And something as little, even for my son now, <laughs> if he wants to start playing a game, well, guess what? If we're not, you got to finish it before we move on to the next game. Because I don't want him to get in the habit of, oh, I can just stop and quit at any time, you know, because that's just not real life. Um, so for sure, looking for people that are going to be committed to the team. And it's hard to be committed to a team. But that's huge. It's a huge yep. part of life. I think it's a wonderful lesson, and I, I applaud you for doing that. Outside of your team, you were involved in a show recently as well. What was, what was the show you were a part of? The show was called My Main Problem, and main meaning hair. Um, and it was, it's on the network called All Black. Um, <laughs> it was a phenomenal show. I'm so happy I was able to be a part of it. But my segment was talking more about my struggles as an African-American woman in the professional entertainment industry. And everyone goes through their struggles. And that's the whole point of, number one, the show, but even just my segment. Yes, mine was focusing more on hair, but the more I talked to people, like they reached out to me and was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing your story. I felt this way because of whether it was makeup or body issues. Body issues is a big one. Um, fitting in, so many different things that could deter you from pursuing your dream for auditioning for a team or once you're on a team, making you not, or making you wanna quit or making you not wanna try out again because of those different things, right? So again, so my segment, like I said, I was talking about my hair and all my life, I've had some thick, beautiful, long, natural hair. And when I say long, natural, it's curly, kinky, um, but very thick and very long. 
And, and I remember going to my first audition. I won't say what team it was for, um, but I remember going to my first audition and I thought I was the, I thought I was it, right? Ooh, I'm looking good. <laughs> and I walk in and everyone else, like, again, number one, majority of them didn't look like me. Uh, long hair, curly hair. They're wearing sequin tops. You know, you know, you know the look, right? And I had, I, I also black. know the team, I think. Okay. And then, and then like for me growing up with dance, it was very, um, very almost like theater. So I, I wore all black because that's what I was always told to audition in, wear your hair slicked back. But nonetheless, I make the team and I make the team honestly based on just like skill alone, right? Which is awesome. But at the same time, when you go in and meet with the coaches and the personnel, the whole team, it's like, okay, this is what your look is going to be. And they will show you a picture and you have to go make that look. So there's two folds of this. At the time, they didn't have the salon or stylist to do my type of hair. So guess what I had to do? I had to pay for it out of pocket. Yeah. And to, to obtain that look the right way, it's expensive. So what did I have to do as someone just graduating from school, I barely had my first job and paying my own bills. I'm going to my friends that know how to do it. <laughs> and not saying that they're not good, they're great, obviously. But again, if you want a professional look and you want your hair to be healthy and sustain, you have to go to a professional person to get it done right. You know, the wash, blow dry, conditioned, styled, and X, Y, and Z. Versus if you go to your friend that knows how to do hair, you're pretty much just getting kind of just kind of the basics of that, a toned down version of what I just said. And just over time, that kind of became my look. And again, not saying I didn't like it. <laughs> I've obviously embraced it, right? But like I said, that was the first time I ever put a weave, like extensions in my hair was when I had to dance for a team just because they didn't like my look per se. Um, and over, but over the years, it was, it was fine. Honestly, like I said, I made my best friends being on teams. Um, I made so many connections being on teams, but I also felt like they didn't know like the real me too, right? They, for the most part, never saw my real hair <laughs> other than, you know, my friends that probably, my friends of, that were probably black, to be honest. Um, they probably didn't see my real hair, right? And just because I was, at that point, embarrassed about it because they've always seen me with this long, long hair. Because I remember one time coming in braids and you just get this look like, <laughs> oh, that's different. How long did that take? Who did that? And it just becomes this whole other conversation. Just hearing the phrase, that's different. There's so many layers to that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, and, and like I said, when I was on the show, there's so much stuff that's not even said or seen. But I was even talking about, again, from, from the point where I'm not even on a team anymore and I'm coaching, mm -hmm. I, I kind of went through that same thing. I remember going to an interview and I had braids, nailed it, should have gotten the job, but I didn't. But then I go to another job, 
to a team that has that has that doesn't know me at all and I had the straight hair and I get the job and it's like was it you then you think to yourself and again it plays mind games on you right it's like did I get the job because my hair was straight did I not get that job for a team that I've been with for you know six to ten years but I had braids maybe I didn't get a job job because of that it's it's just mind-blowing so the show was pretty much helping helping women and, and mainly women of color embrace what they've been looking for so again some people you don't did did want straight hair that but came from kinky hair you know or just wanted just kind of a lifestyle change something to help them embrace their just natural self you know and um the look that they ended up giving me was oh my gosh phenomenal um big curly hair and it was beautiful you know and like i said it, it's some people on the surface may think it's about hair but it's just again much much deeper than that you know it became an emotional thing um because sometimes you're just viewed on the way you look and that's unfortunate but that's just reality you know so yeah so if you haven't watched the show let me give a little plug my main problem on all black my episode is the first episode with dr boogie um it's yeah you got to check it out. It's an amazing show. And we might uh, be having a reunion show. Fantastic. How did that experience enhance your mindset now as a coach? Because when you were at least, you had finished college, so maybe you're a little more mature. Now you're dealing with college-age students, so image is of the utmost importance. So how Absolutely. did that experience shape your coaching mentality? You know, that's a great question because when I was coaching in the, on the pro level, I had to not necessarily change someone's look, but definitely enhance, help, help bring out more of who they are, right? And that's how I look at it. I look at it as like, I'm not, I don't want to change you, but let's maybe try this to see how it looks, right? And I made, and I was a part of some great transformations. So with high school kids, or high school, sorry, with college kids, yes, it's a little different. But one thing that I didn't do with my team, and a lot of teams do this, I think almost on any level, probably not high school, but probably college and up, is they do change your look. Or, for example, when I was on an NFL team, okay. whatever look that I had, so if I walked in and I had my hair parted in the middle and my hair was curly, that had to be my look for the whole season. I couldn't have a side part. I couldn't have my hair straight at that point. I had to look like that all the time. Mm. And that's one thing like with my um, college athletes, I had a girl come to me and was like, coach, I'm thinking about cutting my hair. Do it. Yeah. Let's see it. You know, I had another girl um, on the team. She dyed her hair red. It's beautiful. Her nickname became Red for a little while until she changed it. Because again, that's when you grow. That's when you grow and you're becoming a woman or even a man. You know, with my guys on my team, I always tell them, "I'm not going to tell you what to do with your hair, but it needs to look neat. It needs to look groomed. I don't want you to look like you just rolled out of bed." You know, 
but that's how I talk to them. So however you come in, I just want you to feel good about yourself, you know, and you know, makeup is a big thing. Even makeup will give, give them a look to try to obtain, but that's it. You know, if we need to like say, okay, like, let's say we have a girl on a team who does amazing eyebrows. Okay. Can you help out your teammate with her eyebrows a little bit? But again, we're not changing them. We're just more so like let's enhance. Right. But as far as again, changing someone's look or if they want to cut their hair or if they want to dye their hair a different color, I'm not going to be that coach that says you can't do that because there are some organizations that say that. But they'll tell you beforehand. So it's not like you're walking in blind. So that's the defense there. And I support that. At least they're letting you know. But I, I wouldn't do that, especially for college kids, for sure. So two things you're not going to say to a, a college student who wants to change their look is you can't do that, number one. And number two, that's different. <laughs> Definitely won't do that's a different one. No. Last question before I get you out of here. How is being pregnant during a pandemic? Ooh, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Oh my goodness. You know, being pregnant with Maddox the first time, I swear it was almost like I wasn't pregnant at all. I still did the same old stuff. I was running, going to the gym, almost eating whatever I wanted, you know, being able to, it, life didn't change when I was pregnant with Maddox and being pregnant now in a pandemic, it's literally, Time is going by so much slower because I'm only seeing the walls of my house and my doctor's office. Literally, like my, my team would even tell you, before I found out I was pregnant, I was going to in-person practices. And then once I found out I was pregnant, you know, doctor was like, you know what? You're gonna have to stay home at this point, you know, just because COVID and pregnant women, outcomes are not as successful so again so for the most part i was always on zoom even with my team and last week for the showcase was probably the first time i like left my house like even my husband was like babe this is like a date night for us mm -hmm. so we finally got we got dressed you know i did my hair put a little makeup on you know he got dressed looking good it was <laughs> It, it did feel good to be out, but the thing that sucks about that at the same time was I kept looking at the distance of someone standing in front of me with the mask. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think he is too close. Ooh, she's too close to me. You know, all this person's coming in for a hug. Yikes. All those things are going through my head <laughs> while I'm out. So literally when, I came, when we came home, I was like, that was fun, but I don't want to leave this house for the next like couple of weeks because... I have to like reprogram my mind again, you know, it's weird. You know, my family, I haven't seen my family. My mom is fully vaccinated. She's going to be coming out here next month, thankfully. But yeah, it's, it's just so different. So different. Cool. Cool. All right. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Talk bye. to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Mo. Be sure to give Benedictine You Spirit Squad a follow on Instagram to stay up to date with their performances. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, 
Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>